over the past year and a half or so, a little bit less, have been considering the topic of focusing on the Christ. And we have considered the shadows of Christ in the Old Testament, looking then at the, the life of Christ, the return of Christ, the reign of Christ, and looking at the spiritual reign of Christ transitions us into the reflection of Christ. And when we saw that when Christ is residing and reigning in your heart, it will be reflected in your life. So that what we say and how we live will be a reflection of who or what is in our heart. So if Christ is reigning in my heart, then it will be reflected in what I say and what I do. And so we began looking at that reflection and saw that Jesus said that it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And so the first reflection of Christ in my life is going to be my speech, how I talk. And then we moved into our finances because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then two weeks ago, we began looking at the reflection of Christ in our relationships. And the very first of those relationships, the priority relationship that God created way back in the beginning was that marital relationship. And so it is that relationship we saw from Ephesians chapter 5 that reflected Christ and the church, that the woman in her submission to the man was supposed to reflect the submission of the church to Christ, and the husband's love for his wife was supposed to be reflective of Christ's love for the church. And so we discussed that last week. Today we want to move into the second of these relational groupings, and that is the parental relationships. We see in Ephesians chapter 6, and you can read it up here with me. We're going to turn to Mark 1 in just a moment. But in Ephesians chapter 6, we read, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, most of your parents have had your kids memorize this one, right? (laughs) Okay. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long in the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Today, we want to look at the first segment of that, and that is the the relationship, the, the reflection of the child, in his relationship with his parents. Next week, we're going to look at the the, parent, the parents and their reflection of Christ in their relationship with their children. But today, we want to talk about that with the child. And clearly, when you read through this, that as we chose a word for the wife and chose a word for the man, choosing a word for the child, what would be that which sums up their reflection? What would be the concept of honor? Honoring the, the parent. We talk about obedience, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, but obedience really is a subset of what? Honor. It really is. If you honor somebody, then you will listen to them, and you will heed them. You will obey them. And so very first, we're going to be looking at the command then that we're given, um, or that the children are giving, and that, that is us even as adults as well. We'll talk about that a little bit. And then the promise that goes with it. First of all, in that command, the command is to obey. The first command is to obey our parents. Now, the word obey... In the Greek is um, hupokuo, and and I know that it's all Greek to you, but it's important because literally it means, hupo means to be under, and akuo means to hear. It means to be under the hearing of. And so literally that's what it would mean, but it would mean then to heed a command or authority. If you bring it together, it would mean to respond immediately to the voice, the words of an authority. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, let's look at an illustration. Turn with me to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, we talked about the word hupotasso when we were talking about the women, and that's the word for submission, and that means to be under then the standing of somebody, under an authority, but it was more a volitional decision to do so, whereas hupokuo is more a, a responsive thing, a reaction thing, and like we just sang the song Obedience, and it says, taking action, doing it what? 
immediately, okay, is the idea of this word hupakuo. And so in Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 23, I'm going to start at verse 21 for the context. It says, Then they went into Capernaum, that is Jesus and disciples, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone! What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Now stop. Quit reading. You know the story. But let's stop for one moment. What do you expect happened at that moment? Do you expect that the demon at that very moment said, I don't know if I want to obey you. I don't know if I want to listen. And Jesus at that moment said, I'll give you three to obey. One, two, I mean it now. I'm telling you to come out. Two and a quarter. If you don't do it, I'm going to send you to the pit. Two and a half. Okay, it's three. And then the demon finally came out because he didn't want Jesus to get to three. It didn't happen that way, right? What happened? Verse 26, when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out. It happened what? Immediately. Turn to chapter 4. In fact, let me finish that in verse 27 because we didn't read the word obey. It says, then, then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? New doctrine is this. For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. Okay? Chapter 4, chapter 4, beginning at verse 36, we read, Now when they had left the multitude, they took him, that is Jesus, along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, who were the guys that he was riding with? The disciples. Which one specifically? Not specifically, even though they're on water. Well, not probably not all the twelve at this moment. But at least we know Peter and John, who were what? They were fishermen. This is their boats. They understand this water. They spent their life on this water. And so when they came to tell him, don't you care if we're perishing, what kind of a storm do you think this is? Bad. It's huge. Okay? Do you think they're looking around and, 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 and seeing that there's not a stop to this storm? I mean, they're not looking up to the west or to the east or to the north or the south, and they see clearing, and the clouds are moving that way, and so they think, oh, shoo, at least it's passing over. Right? They're looking, and they're saying what? We're in a world of hurt right now. And they wake him up and said, don't you care that we're perishing, right? So, verse 39, when he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea, what? Obey him. So when Jesus said, he got up and he said, peace be still. What do you picture at that moment happened? Do you picture that there was a few more gusts that came through? I mean, I always, when, years ago when I preached on women wearing long hair, and people always want to know what I, like my, my opinion really matters. It's not my opinion, it's God's opinion that matters. And, but they always, people always want to matter. Well, no, what is, what, are you, what is long hair? Well, I like to take them to the book of Revelation, where it talks about the lion, you know, in the illustrations, and it says that the lion had the hair flowing like a woman. 
okay? And I now I say stop. What do you picture right then? That's your definition of long hair, right? So it's not my definition; it's your definition. So whatever you picture that lion having at that moment in that illustration, you've just defined it for yourself. Well, here we go, okay? What's the definition of hupokuo, obedience? Whatever you pictured about that demon, whatever you pictured about the storm, was how you define obedience. Okay, now, I want to stop for a moment here. Because I, I'm, I'm looking, and adults are looking at me. Kids, kids, all you little guys, this message is for you. Okay? Now, it's for us big kids, too. But if there's ever a time when I'm really talking to you, this is the time. Because it said, children, what? Obey your parents, right? And so, I'm talking to the children right now. This is, this is you all. Now, I understand those big ones that are sitting next to you. They're kids too, and they've got mom and dads, okay? But right now, specifically, when you are in your mom and dad's house, this is talking to you, okay? This is talking about you obeying your mom and your dad. And so, when I was giving those illustrations, I know some of you, you're old enough to know, and you're old enough to think, what did you picture? Did you picture the storm continuing? Or when Jesus said stop, did it stop? So that means when mom and dad tell you stop, what should you do? Stop. Should you stop five minutes from now? Should you stop when you chose to do it? Should you stop after you heard them say one, two, I'm giving you a ten count now, you know? Sorry, I know I pick on that, but that just drives me bonkers. That is so against the word of God. Oh, I forgot to turn. go to four. The three count is not obedience. It is not obedience. Obedience is being under the hearing of, you heard what you were told to do, and you did it. You do it. That's obedience. It's not, because hupokuo is not a matter of my will. It's a matter of the will of the other person. Do you understand? It's the same word we're going to talk about um, in two weeks from now, when we talk about the, the servant and the master, okay, the servant, the bond slave, was told to obey his master. Do you think that the bond slave in this in this culture, the slave in that culture, had an opportunity to 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 contemplate whether he wanted to do what the master told him to do? Not at all. Not at all. And so, in the same light, is with the children. Now, that's your reflection. Think about it, kids. When, when, the other, when the other kids are around you, okay, and, and let's say they're with you at your house, okay, and your mom or your dad tells you to do something, and you do it immediately, it gives a testimony to them. Have you ever been to one of your friend's house, and, and their parents tell them to do something, and they start whining, and they start complaining at their parents, right? And the parents get what? Get frustrated and mad, and eventually sometimes the parents do what? They give in and they don't make them do it. Okay? What does it tell you about that family? Well, when they come to your house and there's peace and there's unity because everybody understands authority and everybody understands the place that they're in that authority, and when mom and dad says to you, you know, Andrew, I need you to go get this for me, and I hear, yes, sir, and then he comes back immediately with the thing that I need, or he's in the other room and I say, Andrew, and I hear, yes, sir, coming, and, and he's there, when other people in my house, if that happens, then 99.9% of the time, and I'm sure that 0.1% of the time you just didn't hear me. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. But the fact is, when, when, 
we all understand our place in the authority, including you kiddos. You don't get it. But you have one of the greatest testimonies to the world. When you submit under the authority because you're submitting unto Christ and know what God wants you to do, it is a testimony to the world. How many times, and I, my kids aren't perfect, and you know that, but how many times I hear from the world, I wish my kids would do that. I wish my kids would do that. And I remember being in Cleveland years ago when we only had five kids. and Only five. And, and, and there was a lady who, who saw us in McDonald's, and, and she just smiled, and all of a sudden she started counting, you know. And, and, um, and she came over and said, are those all your kids? And I said, yes, ma'am, they are. She says, I didn't think people did that anymore. And I said, it's because they don't know how to discipline their children anymore. And she was offended, and she turned around and walked away. But it's the truth. It's because we don't live according to biblical standards. That all of a sudden, the parental, if you would, and that's not just means parents, but the parental, the filial relationships between the parents and the children are no longer a loving, joyous relationship. Now they're antagonistic, battling relationships. And when people see that, they don't want to have kids. And when they see your kids, okay, they instantly think what? Oh, I can't imagine what that house is like. But if you're living according to God's standards, and you kids have such a big part of this, if you're living and you desire to submit to Christ and to do what he desires you to do, guess what? It's a peaceful house. And there's many times I tell my children, not, not that I've never messed up, and I've caused there to be consternation in my home, but again, that's that 99.9% of the time thing. You know, anyways. But when, when it comes to them, and, and, and they've done something, and they bring division in our home. There's, there's anger in our house because of what? Disobedience. I always bring it back to it. Is there discord in our house right now? Yes, there is. Do you feel, is there a good warm fuzzies right now? Everybody's feeling good with each other? No, they're not. Why is it? Because I didn't obey. That's exactly right. This is what happens when you disobey. When you go against God's standards, God always tells us the wages of sin is death. It, it, it just does. It hap- it, it, it's not like it's something new. God put this out thousands of years ago. In fact, what we're going to see is he builds it upon the foundation of the, the second command, and, and, and that is to honor our, our mother and father. Now, I forgot about the two little subsets here about obeying, and that is in the Lord, and it is right. First of all, the in the Lord thing. What does it mean, children obey your parents in the Lord? Now, a lot of times I've heard it um, taught that this is spiritual parents. That is talking about spiritual parents. But for the most part, when you have the preposition, the preposition goes back to the verb. So the idea here is it's pointing back, and you say, obey in the Lord your parents. And then obey, it is right, obey rightfully um, your parents. Do you get it? So what does it mean to obey your parents in the Lord? And that is, kids, okay, talking to the kids, and you parents can glean here at this moment, it means that you're obeying because ultimately you understand it's what God desires for you to do. And just as the wife submits to her husband because she's ultimately submitting to Jesus Christ, so the children are obeying their parents because ultimately they know that they're obeying Jesus Christ. And so to disobey your mom or dad, you ready for this, is to disobey God. Unless your mom and dad tell you to do what? Unless your mom and dad tell you to do what? I'm going to have a kid answer, not an adult. When would it be okay to disobey your mom or dad? When they told you to disobey God. That's exactly right. 
if your mom and dad ever tell you to disobey God, then you have to be like the apostles who said, you choose this day who we should obey, but, but you know, we are going to, we choose to obey God rather than man, right? And so the same thing goes, okay? And so, but short of that, if you can't, if there's no place that you can say, well, God clearly told me to do this, you know, God wants me to play we today, and, and mom and dad have told me no, it doesn't fly, does it? You know? And so you better make sure that if you disobey mom and dad, that you've got a thus saith the Lord backing you up. Because if you don't, who are you ultimately disobeying? God. And ultimately you will give an account to God for your disobedience, even if mom and dad don't know about it. Because remember, the eyes of the Lord are where? In every place. Okay? That's exactly right. And so even though you're out and about, and mom and dad said don't go there, and you think they'll never know, it doesn't matter whether they know or not, because God knows. And ultimately, your obedience to your mom and dad is to the Lord. Second of all, it's because it is it is right. Colossians 3, verse 20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to God. God is very pleased when you children obey your moms and dads. It says in Exodus, this is the law, and I understand we're not under the law, but Jesus said he came to fulfill the law, and so the the law is the standards of God. These are his, his heart's desire, and I think he shows the intensity of what he thinks that you kids should do, right? Now, and you should be very glad that we don't follow the law. He who strikes his father and mother, or mother, shall be put to death. He who curses his father or mother, even under their breath, shall surely be put to death. So, I won't ask you to put your hands up, kids, but if we followed these two laws, how many of you would not be here today? (laughs) Okay? So, Deuteronomy 21 says, If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and who, when when they have chastened him, that means give him the swat, will not heed them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the city, to the gate of the city, and they shall say to the elders of the city, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious, he will not obey our voice, he is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall put away the evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Do you know what the punishment for rebellion against your mom and dad was, according to the law? Death. Death. Now, I always like to tell my kids, aren't you glad we're not under the law? Actually, if we were under the law, my kids wouldn't exist. Because I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I, I, we didn't even have to get to Deuteronomy 21. I was gone in those other two verses. Okay, and, and so, But this is God's standard. This is His heart. This is how much He desires for you children to obey your parents. Why? Because it is the reflection that you give the world of the the obedience to authority. Now, secondly then, honor your father and your mother. Well, what do we know about this honoring your father and your mother? The word honor means to revere and to prize. To honor something, let's say you were playing a sport. Okay, I'm talking to you little kiddos. Okay, you're playing little league or or whatever sport you might play. Maybe it's ballet or something, and and you got a you got a trophy or you got a prize for it. Maybe it was riding horses and you got a you got a ribbon for it. Okay, when you're little, okay, what did you think about that trophy you got? Did you think it was pretty cool? 
You did, okay? When you're little, you think that's pretty cool. When you get older and you have them all in a box and they're collecting dust, you finally, there was one day you finally decide what? I don't know if I need these things anymore, you know? But when you're little, it's really cool stuff. And you really love it when your mom and dad do what? Put it up someplace where everybody can see it. Do you know why that is? Because you prize that thing. You, re, you, you honor that little trophy. That's what it means to prize and honor and revere your mom and dad. That you consider them worth more than anything else. And you want to obey them and you want to do things that are going to make them look good. I mean, you don't take that little trophy and pour mud all over it. You don't take that little trophy and hide it in the back closet. Rather, you take that trophy and you place it out so everybody can see it and everybody can say, wow. Do you get it? That's, kiddos, how you're supposed to treat your mom and dad. You're supposed to have them like that trophy that you're laying it out there so everybody can say, wow, that's my mom and dad. Does that make sense? Okay. So ask yourself, do you treat your mom and dad like that? Or do you take your mom and dad for granted? Oh, it's just a stinking trophy. Who cares? I don't want another trophy. No, everybody's got trophies. You don't think of that, do you? You're excited about getting that trophy. Well, this is your mom and dad. And these are the ones that God says that you're supposed to honor. Now, where does that, where does that start? Honoring your father and your mother. Where did that come from? Any of you kids? Where, where does it say? Honor your father and your mother. Where does it come from? You're the only one that's answering me today, Cody. I think the other kids are mute. What? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Words of the Covenant. Okay? And so we know that you have, you shall have no other gods before me. The second is you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything, whether in heavens above or the earth beneath or the waters below. Number three is you shall not use the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who misuses his name. Number four is to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. But... Immediately, number five, the very first of the non-God commands, if you would, is to honor your father and your mother. When they are quoted in the New Testament, the, the loving your neighbor verses, the loving your neighbor commandments always start with number six, thou shalt not steal. This honor your father and your mother is like a transitional commandment between God and man. Because that's exactly what God sees your mom and your dad. They are that, that intermediary, if you would, that's a big term for you little guys. That, that, that's, they are the ones who hold the place between you and God. And say, they are like the priests and priestesses, if you would, of your home. And they are the ones who, who seek your best well-being. Now that's important because along with these commands to obey, obey your parents and honor your mother and father, there is a what? There is a, a promise that goes along with it. And the promise is twofold. First of all, that it may go well with you. And secondly, that you may live long on the earth. Okay? So, kiddos, think about this now. God says in his word that if you obey your mom and your dad and you honor them, that it's going to go well for you. Okay? So, you kids, look, listen to me. I'm going to ask you a question. I want your hands to go up. How many of you would love to live at peace in your home? Right. How many of you want to have turmoil in your house? Get a lot of turmoil means a lot of chaos and, and hatred and anger and, and and you're being spanked all the time. 
you guys like being spanked? I always ask my kids that when they're doing stuff. Like, you, you like spankings? I mean, is that, I mean, are we doing this on purpose just because you like to be spanked? No. You know, of course, nobody likes to be spanked, but sometimes you kind of wonder. Now, I understand this is an aside to us as adults. Why do we do that with God? I mean, it's almost like God looks at us sometimes and says, do you like the chastening of the Lord or what? No. Then why can't you just submit and do what I ask you to do? I, the Lord brings it home to me every time I've got the kids in the room and I've got to deal with an issue. It's like the Lord just takes that moment just to slap me. By your own words, you will be condemned, you know? And it's like, and what about you, Dad? And what about you, you know? Okay, we'll deal with me later, God. Let's deal with this situation now, you know? And, um, but the promise, first of all, that it may go well with you. That it may go well with you. Turn with me to Proverbs 3. We read that this morning for our, our reading. But in Proverbs 3, verse 1 and 2, we read, My son, do not, let, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. The general principle of God's word is that if you would obey your mom and dad and honor them, that you will live longer than other children and that you'll have a more peaceful life. Now, why would that be? Why do you think that would be? Why do you think, and I'm talking to you kids, okay, because you're old enough to be thinking here. Why do you think it would be that you would generally live longer than children who don't obey their parents? Good. They give you wisdom for safety. That's exactly right. And many times when you're younger, and I know that it's hard. I used to be younger. It's hard to imagine that I was, but I, I used to be y'all's age. You know, Age happens. One day you'll be my age. Talking to other kids saying, one day I was your age. And um, Anyways, and I remember being a kid thinking that I knew everything, or better than my mom and dad anyway. They didn't live in my day. You know, they, I mean, they didn't have computers. You know, I was a computer science major. You guys have heard me say that. And it was a, I wasn't until I was a junior in college that we had screens. I mean, we were on the cutting edge and we had screens, you know? And so, you know, it's easy to look at an, an old guy like me saying, you guys, you don't get it. You know, we have eye touches now. We have iPads. We have smartphones. We have all this stuff and you don't get it, dad. You know, texting, you, I mean, you guys texting was hitting a typewriter, you know? And, uh, and so you don't get it. No. You don't get it. Wisdom is being able to take a knowledge and apply it to various situations. And even though I might not have grown up in the same era that you have, I can take the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding that God has given me through life and apply it to this situation and tell you that yada, 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 yada. And that's why my decision is for this. Now, for you kiddos, you have to accept that God gave you to your parents, do you understand? And he could have given you anybody, couldn't he? Yes? Right, Andrew? You could have grew up somebody else, right? But you'd have no concept of that because you're mine. And, and, and God knew who would be best for you to be living with. And so again, if you have wisdom to obey, to heed, to listen to and do what your mom and dad say, God says, you're going to have great peace on the earth and you probably will live longer. I usually use the illustration, and I'm tender to it, with what your um, testimony was earlier, Phyllis, but about the child who's running out into the street. If, if you have to give a three count for your child to obey, one day 
it will be disastrous. And children, this is to you. If your mom and dad have to give you a three count before you obey, one day it's going to rot disaster, bring disaster in your life. Because one day, there may be a car riding down the street that you didn't see or hear, and it's too late. Now, beyond that, it's God's word. Proverbs 5, one page over probably in your Bible, says, Therefore hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house. Now, forget the, the her for there in a moment, okay? But understand that... The dad is giving teaching to the, to, the, to the son, okay? And he says, Lest you give your honor to others and your, yield, your years to the cruel one, lest aliens be filled with your wealth and your labors go to the house of a foreigner, and you mourn at last when your flesh and your body are consumed. Now listen to what it says, kids. And say how I have hated instruction and how my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers or parents, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. Kiddos, what he's saying is, he says, listen, your mom and dad said to you, don't go over to so-and-so's house. And they knew something about so-and-so's house. Because they knew that to go to so-and-so's house was going to potentially bring trouble. Okay, And so they said, stay away from him. Stay away from her. Okay, And you said, oh, I know better. Susie, Johnny, isn't that bad. I'm going to go there anyway. And one day, guess what's going to happen? What your mom and dad warned you about is going to happen. And you're going to either be hurt, you're going to be thrown in jail, you're going to die, something's going to happen, right? And this, here, the person didn't die, they survived. And they survived long enough to know what? I should have listened to my mom and dad. If I would have only did what my mom and dad said, I wouldn't be in this spot right now. And the sad thing is that it happens to us parents, too. Us adults, your moms and dads, sometimes we don't listen to the voice of the Lord and we give ourselves in a bind and then we say, how I wish I would have heeded the instruction of my teacher who is the Holy Spirit. How I would have loved to have to be able to do it all over again. So kiddos, a lot of times you only get one chance to obey. Does that make sense? you got to heed it. Okay. You see the stop sign on the street? If you don't stop, it's what? It's too late. You don't get a second chance to stop at the stop sign. Does that make sense? In the same way in your life, kiddos. When mom and dad say stop, it's the time to say stop. Not to say, but I want to do it. That's not obedience. And that is dishonoring to God. So, kiddos, how are you at obeying your mom and dad? This is to you, kiddos. How are you at obeying your mom and dad? If people were looking to you to say, wow, that person must really know Jesus because look at the way they're heeding God's commands. Would they know that? Or would they say, hmm, I wonder if they really believe what Jesus said. Secondly, do you understand, do you really understand, kiddos, that by obeying your mom and dad, you're really obeying Jesus Christ? And that's what you're communicating to everybody else. That's your reflection. How well are you, kiddos, reflecting Jesus? I know we've been talking to the adults, and a lot of times it's easy for you to tune out and think, oh, uh, it's just talking to the adults, it's talking to the big guys. I don't have all the finances they have, even though you should be learning for it later in life. But this one is really to you. How well are you kiddos reflecting Jesus to the world? And so you adults, application-wise, 
how well are you honoring your mother and father? Some of you still have mothers and fathers that are alive. I do. And I have to ask this question to myself. How well am I? If I want my kids to honor me, now by application I have to ask the question to myself. How well am I honoring my parents? And when my kids are my age, and I'm the age of my parents, do I want my kids to honor me, quote-unquote, like I honor my mom and dad? That's always the, the, the thing that gets you. Do I want my kids to treat me in 20 years from now like I'm treating my parents right now? Because guess who's teaching them how they're supposed to honor me 20 years from now? I am. By how I honor my mom and dad will be the ex example and illustration they get of how they're supposed to honor their mom and dad later on in life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. I thank you for the gift of children. I thank you, Lord, for, for homes that we can build firm upon the Savior, upon your word, upon your truth. Lord, I pray that we as families would desire to place your word in a very prominent place in our time together. But Lord, I pray for our children. Lord, I know that the world that we're growing up in right now is a wicked and perverse place. And there, there are so many distractions and so many potentials for um, drawing them away into sin. Lord, I pray that they would have the desire and the vision to see that their obedience to their mom and dad is really obedience to you. And that they desire to submit unto you, so therefore they submit unto their parents. And that it's not a matter of debating whether they want to obey, but that they will heed immediately that which is told to them. That they better reflect you. And Lord, I do think then of us moms and dads, that we would have wisdom, and that we would love them as well, and that we would seek to, to train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Lord, help us to have a hunger and a passion to see our children to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that we would desire to communicate to them your word, Lord, that we would hide it first in our hearts, and then we would communicate it to them. That we as a family would be able to magnify you. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.